I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. This is Greg Peterson Experience of Eason, the Sports Bank Network. We've got three absolutely tremendous hours for you as it's one of those Thursdays in college basketball. As I always like to say with the Thursday slate, you're not going to get a lot of sizzle, but you're going to get a lot of stake north of 60 games on the card. And because a lot of those games are out here on the West Coast, a lot of them have yet to start. So we're going to be running through a lot of those games tonight and turning it forward to what is going to be what I always call with regards to the Friday slate, the appetizer before we get the trillion games of college basketball for Saturday. So lots of college basketball coming up on the show, but along the way, we're going to be taking a look at this weekend's UFC card. That's going to be coming up in hour number two as in about 90 minutes. We're going to be joined by Billy Ward. Does great work over at Fantasy Labs along with Action Network. Going to get you guys a little bit of insight with regards to the fight game. And then we do have a pair of great guests. They're going to be doing amazing work. Taking a look at the game of college basketball along with myself, Tom Casali. He's joining me in 15 minutes. He does such good work over at NOLA.com. He, much like myself, absolutely loves these mid-majors. So we'll see if he's got anything with regards to this late card for Thursday. And then we'll be going into the Friday slate as well. And then on top of that, we're going to be joined in hour number two by Kobe Dan who does such good work over the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and we're going to be diving in on a few of these late games with him, and he always is tremendous with regards to these Friday slates. I always have to ask him about the Siena game as well, which unfortunately I don't know if we've got Siena on the card for Friday or not, but we always get great insights from Kobe Dan. So we've got ourselves two tremendous hours, but we do first things first have to ask ourselves an age-old question. How do we gauge these teams against the spread record splits and how do we utilize them with regards to betting because the game that is going on right now that'd be this Minnesota versus Ohio State game Minnesota came in a uh, hot knife through butter against the spread 22 and 3 against the spread and guess what they're doing it again 
They are up 42 to 34 at the half. And if you're looking to jump in on the second half line, by the way, total is 74 and a half for the second half. And right now you're finding Ohio State as between a half a point to a point favorite. So essentially you're banking on them losing this game by seven points or fewer as they're currently trailing by eight points here at the half. And I always do find it to be very interesting because when I jumped on to do the show yesterday, we were finding Minnesota as in a lot of places, a three and a half point favorite. That was the opener. This got up to four and a few spots early on but this actually got bogged down before tip this closed at DraftKings at two and a half a lot of other places they were closing this game at three and it does make you just look into this and it makes you wonder how do people gauge this and for me personally I really don't utilize against the spread trends you do want to be aware of them but the reason why you do want to be aware of them is that because a lot of public perception is that they're either going to be backing a team that has been really good against the spread, but you can't be too good against the spread. And that's almost what Minnesota has been because Minnesota is such an interesting case because when it comes to just the mindset of human beings in general, this is not just sports betters. This is not just people that are involved in sports. This is just really human beings in general. You go to something that is good. You stay away from something that is bad. That goes for sports. That goes for where to get your oil change at, where to go out to eat. I mean, it just really is a part of human life in general. And when you have a team, if you have a restaurant, what have you, that always treats you well, you keep coming back to it. But at some point in sports, unlike that restaurant that you go to time and time again, and even with that as well, you're going to be like, uh, I don't want to go out to Texas Roadhouse for the fourth time this week, even though I certainly would. But that said, you sort of want to try to mix it up a little bit and, you think, all right, we'll give someone else an opportunity here. And in sports betting, when you see a team that's 22-3 and three against the spread, I think that there's a lot of people with that late money that was coming in to bog this down to about 2.5 to 3 that were thinking, you know what, they're due to not have a good performance in this one, and you're able to catch some relatively good value. We shall see if that's going to come to fruition or not in the second half, but I always think that that's so interesting to gauge, and I do think that there is some good opportunities to be able to extract a little bit of value. You always are, when it comes to the stock market, looking to be able to buy low, sell high. In sports betting, it's the exact same concept. When you find a team at the top of the market, that's the time to sell. Like, for example, I was personally fading UConn a few nights ago when they were playing against Creighton. I felt like, you know what, everyone's talking about how great this UConn team is. They have been coming out like a complete and under bulldozer, but now they have to go into Omaha. They have to play this rough game, and we were able to buy at the, or we were able to sell at the top of the market with them. And then you want to buy low on some of these teams that maybe for the fault of their own, maybe not the fault of their own. They just haven't been able to put it together. And you do want to be taking a look at how these teams are not covering against the spread because every single year in college basketball, when you've got 362 teams, unlike a sport like baseball, the NFL, NBA, and even in those sports, you're going to have one or two teams that they do have a pretty extreme against the spread record, whether that be to the positive or the negative. But you're going to have bigger outliers in college basketball just because when you've got 362 teams, that means that you're going to get more records. You're just going to have more variance in general when it comes to the 30-game sample size with 362 teams and say... Major League Baseball, for example, where you've got uh, 30 teams playing 162 games and the worst teams in the league typically are able to win 60 games, although we've seen that reverse, of course, a little bit last few years. When you get a team like the Oakland A's, it might be closer to like 52, 55 wins. And then the best of teams, they struggle to be able to get to 100 wins unless if your team is the Los Angeles Dodgers. As we are diving in on the college basketball board right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And 
We find that to be very interesting, and I do think that it's going to be interesting to see how this game goes as well. We're just getting tipped off between Michigan versus Northwestern. Northwestern closes as between a 12 to a 12 and a half point favorite, and I know that the gentlemen that are going to be coming after myself and Wes Reynolds, Matt Humans, they love taking a look at the Purple Cats and all their games, and when it comes to Northwestern, this is going to be one of the more intriguing teams moving forward. A clear team that's going to try to fight their way into the NCAA tournament, and for Michigan, it's been like caging two different teams this year because of the Doug McDaniel suspension. It was one of those strange things where Doug McDaniel was suspended only for road games and that really in my opinion has seeped in and it's affected this team in, in total just because you're having to play with a different lineup at home rather than on the road and that causes for chemistry issues and these are the sorts of things I do think are always worth taking a look at not just in college basketball but I really think in sports in general like just imagine an NFL team for example they have to use a completely different quarterback on the road rather than at home like at home you're using Jimmy Garoppolo, and on the road, you're using Trey Lance. That might not be a great example, because either way, you're probably in a little bit of a rough scenario if those are your two quarterbacks. But you know what? That's an example that does stand there. It's very hard to be able to get on the same page. Game in and game out, things are very different. And that's what's been happening with this Michigan team. They now go up against the Northwestern bunch that they've got their top or one of their top players injured in Ty Berry. I believe that he was their number three, number four score. He's going to be out for the entirety of the season. So going to be interesting to see what happens on that front. And you do want to be gauging what's going to be happening on this front as well. We are going to have a big whopper of a game that is going to be coming up towards the back half of this show. Do want to get you guys a little bit of a preview here. It's Washington State versus Arizona. This is 833-834 on the card. Arizona did open up as a 12-point favorite. And now we're seeing this pretty much across the board at 13. And a total is between 150 and a half right now. I'm seeing a few 151 and a halfs out there as well. And such an interesting game because last time these two teams played that was in Pullman that was a few weeks ago Washington State they got the job done by kind of 73 to 70 and something that I've been gauging all season long in college basketball these home and road splits and Arizona does have some of the most demonstrative ones that you're going to find in college basketball now Arizona has been playing a little bit better on the road recently being able to sweep the mountain road trip for those that know the Pac-12 being able to win both at Colorado and at Utah, like Arizona did, that's a Herculean feat. Very, very few teams are able to do that. I think that speaks to the medal and the fortitude that you've got with this Arizona team. But even with those two wins, this Arizona team has been very much a different team when they've been at home rather than on the road. And that really bears out with the defensive numbers. A team that is giving up 22.6 points fewer per one arm possessions when they are at home rather than in a roadside shoot score venue. And we shall see what Washington State is going to be able to muster up because they've been able to do a really nice job on the glass. They're a top 55 team in terms of their rebound rate. They've got a gentleman by the name of Andre Yagmovsky comes in from North Macedonia who's been able to give you about six and a half rebounds per game. Miles Rice has been one of the best stories in all of college basketball. I know that he was dealing with a lot of health issues last season. He's been able to get back out there on the court and he has looked absolutely tremendous for what has been one of the biggest upstarts in all of college basketball and we're calling it what it is right now. Arizona, very clearly your top team in the Pac-12. I don't think that there's any ifs, ands, or buts about it, but Washington State, in my opinion, is that number two team, and this is actually for the outright lead in the Pac-12. Now, I'd be very surprised if Washington State is able to get the job done and they're able to get this win, but 
I think that they're going to be competitive. I think that they're going to be feisty. And the big reason why is that this Washington State team, they do a nice job of not beating themselves. They only turn the ball over about 10 and a half times for contest. I was mentioning Mr. Rice before. He does a nice job being able to dish out the ball. This team was actually relying a little bit on Joseph Yasufu, a transfer from Drake along with Kansas. He just has not been able to get out there on the court this season. And yet, this team has been able to do a nice job of mixing matching. Isaac Jones is someone with a little bit of size. Not really a ton of versatility, but does a relatively solid job down low. Now, I do think that the overall shiftiness that you've got with this Arizona team, that is going to be probably a little bit too much for them to get an outright win. But when it comes to this Arizona team, they are involved with a little bit of volatility. You're just going to have that when you've got Caleb Love out there on the floor. But clearly, him going away from North Carolina, that's really... One of those cases when you talk about a win-win, I feel like this has been a win-win. North Carolina, they've been tremendous. R.J. Davis has been one of the most supreme players in all of college basketball. And Caleb Love, he's been the top scorer for an Arizona team that's one of the best teams in all of college basketball. So that has been working out very well. But I do think that this line has gotten a little bit overinflated. I set my line more around at 10. So being able to get 13, I do think that you've got some solid value here with Washington State. I'm looking at those points. And did somebody total at a 152? I'm seeing a lot of 150. 50 and a half action out there and if you've got like a 115 and a half I would be taking a look at the over there at a 151 half still a buy point for me but you always want to be shopping around for the best of the number you just have no idea when that difference of 115 and a half and 151 and a half that's going to nip you in the tuckus so always be trying to be able to extract the most out of the line but I do like the over and I do like Washington State in this spot and what I also love is being able to talk a little college basketball Tom Casale he does absolutely amazing work over at NOLA.com we're going to see if he's got anything for this late slate in terms of college basketball for Thursday and then we're going to be turning it forward to Friday and see if he's got a little bit of a futures play or two as well that's up next right here on the Great Peterson Experience of Visa the Sports Bay Network From BBC Radio 4 Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip I thought in that moment oh my god we've summoned something from this board this is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If 
you are looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming college hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. Visit VEASAN.com slash pro to subscribe today. That is VSIN.com slash pro. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. It is always great to be joined by this man, Tom Casale. He does great work over at NOLA.com. Taking a look at this great game that we all know and love of college basketball. And Tom, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me, Tom. And Tom, I know that you don't have any late action tonight on Thursday, but there were a few teams that you were taking a look at for Thursday. I know that you were able to get there on your play of Vermont, which they scored 94 points against Albany, which for Vermont, that is just an absolute truck ton. But what were you taking a look at with regards to Thursday? And is there anything that stands out in the action that you did have for Thursday? Yeah, you know, I, I had the Vermont game. Uh, I, I got them on the early line. It's uh, Albany. They just demolish Albany. I mean, if you look at their past few games, they just they kill this Albany team. So, you, you know, I thought there was some value there. And Hofstra and Drexel, they just recently played, and Drexel got them by two, and then it was back at Hofstra, uh, you know, a few, a few days later. So uh, I liked that spot for Hofstra. And I think I didn't bet the game, but I, I'm really looking forward to the Arizona-Washington State uh, game tonight because Washington State doesn't play like they used to do. The, the we were talking off off screen about Albany how they used to play really slow and now now they're really fast. Washington State's the opposite. You know they played pretty fast. Now they're a slower team. They play defense. Those are the teams that Arizona sometimes has trouble with. So I, I'm really interested to see that game not just you know for tonight but for future references as well. Yep, I'm right there with you, and I personally am on the 13 points with Washington State in that one, so I do think that there's a little bit of value there, even though this has been an Arizona team that has been oh so dominant at home thus far this season, and when it comes to just the national landscape as well, is there any team that is right now jumping out at you that you're looking at in terms of the national landscape, whether that be with regards to futures or just night in and night out? You've been able to bet this team, and they've been able to come through for you. Yeah, you know, the first futures bet I made was back in April, and I uh, is the only early one I took. I took Florida at 100 to 1 because there was rumors they were going to get some of these transfers. They ended up getting them, and I did think it would take some time for them to gel. Uh, to me, I, I know they kind of blew the game at Alabama, but they're peaking at the right time. And man, their offense, they're going to give some teams trouble if they get a good draw in the tournament. Yes, the defense is a concern, but that's why you have to see where, how, how they match up bracket-wise. But I'll tell you what, if you get Florida in that 8-9 game and they win, that's a team that could upset a one seed in that second round. So I think Florida is a team for me, I think is coming around and I'm starting to like. And with Florida, what I do like about this team, they hit the glass. They are one of the best teams in all of college mm -hmm. basketball, giving themselves second chances. Would like to see a little bit more consistency out of Walter Clayton in terms of his three-point shooting, but that's been coming along for the ride a little bit as well. So I do agree with you. Florida is a team that's starting to grow on me a little bit, and this is a team that's starting to grow on me a little bit as well. Akron has looked completely different ever since Ali Ali became eligible for this bunch. He was one of those two-time transfers that had to miss like the first 10 or so games of the season, but right now we've got Akron in terms of a game for 
for Friday, playing us to Kent State as a seven and a half point favorite. Totals between 135 and a half and 136. And I feel like the theme of this chat right now is teams that aren't necessarily the same as they used to be. And for Kent State, last year, this team was very dominant on defense. This year, they are well outside the top 125 in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. And even though the line looks relatively lofty, I do think that Akron as a seven and a half point favorite is a relatively solid play. Yeah, there's a couple of reasons I like Akron in this spot. You know, they're, they're coming off a loss uh, to another in-state rival, Toledo, who's playing very well. But this isn't the Kent State of old. They're 13-13. and 13. You know, they've been overvalued all year. Uh, these teams played uh, last month, and it was 77-71 Akron. But the score is a little bit misleading. Akron controlled that game most of the way. They were up by 13 with under 10 minutes to go. Kent State made a late charge uh, to make it look closer than it was. Akron was without guard Greg Tribble in that game. I just, I like this spot. You know, I think they're going to cause turnovers. Uh, and this is a, this is a heated rivalry. Maybe not on the national scene, but there, you know, the story goes, it was a student at Akron who came up with a can't read, can't write, can't state uh, <laughs> chant. So these two teams do not like each other. And I do believe Akron is going to win by double digits on their home court. Uh, nice revenge spot for them after coming off a loss. Yep, this Kent State team, they were very dominant last year, have been anything but that thus far this season. As joining me on the show, we do have Tom Casale, who does tremendous work over at NOLA.com. Joining me on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And as we know, in terms of these Friday Ivy League games, they can be some of the more harebrained and interesting games that you get because we know that with the Ivy League, they play these back-to-backs. And this one, I think, is just so interesting with Cornell playing us to Yale. This was an opener of one. This has been shot up to Cornell being a 2.5 total is about 155 and a half and familiarity it is there these two teams recently played each other earlier in the month how do you take a look at this matchup between a Yale team that's pretty slow and controlled and Cornell team that's looking to run it and gun it it's going to be a good game you know I like Cornell here the that first game they played a few days ago a set 80 78 very good game these are two good teams you know if you haven't seen them play the, uh, like you said different styles but what Cornell does really well is it can speed you up at home uh, I had Princeton uh, in Cornell the, a few weeks ago and uh, they got they got run out of the gym it's uh, Cornell just plays at a different speed at home and, and they're able to turn it out Yale doesn't turn the ball all over much, but Cornell at home creates turnovers. They get those easy bat buckets. I think it's going to be a good competitive game, but Listen, I've been I've been riding the big red at home pretty much all season. The, the, they've been dominant there. Uh, I think competitive game, but the slow spread, I think we get a reverse of what happened at Yale. I think Cornell wins this game by a few points. Yep, and this is just such an interesting game as well. And how do you handle some of these games involving something like this? You've got a Cornell team that they're a whole is greater than the sum of its parts team. You've got essentially eight to nine guys in the rotation. Nobody scores north of like 13 points, but they score 80 plus points a game because they just absolutely gun it. Meanwhile, you've got a Yale team that's more under control. They go through Danny Wolf, a true big man that has really good versatility. If you've not heard the name Danny Wolf, you do. He's been very good for this Yale team, but how do you take a look at these sorts of matchups where very clearly these two teams play at a different style? 
Yeah, well, you look at the first matchup, you know, Cornell kind of, it was 80-78, to 78, so it was a Cornell kind of game. Now, Yale got them uh, in a close one, but they were able to pick up that pace a little bit. I think, you know, if you're looking for a live betting angle, you know, see how that first 10 minutes go. Is Cornell cold from the outside? Is is Yale able to get the off, hit the offensive glass and slow the pace down? Because if they can, that that's going to favor Yale. But is Cornell, like, like, like last game, is Cornell out? Are they running? Are they picking up the pace? And Cornell almost got them there, but I think at home, if they can get that pace, it really bodes well for them. Um, yeah, the, I always love looking at these games that are a, a contrast in styles. It, it's really, we were just talking about, you know, Arizona and Washington State. I mean, listen, if Arizona can get out and run and, you know, if they got 45, 50 points at the half, that's probably over. You know what I mean? It's uh, That's the game they want to win. So it's always fun watching these contrasting styles and see who can impose their will in that first 10 minutes. Yep, I always do think that that's fun to be able to take a look at. And I know you love a little Horizon League action as well, so I do have to bring up this game. It's Fort Wayne going on the road against UW-Green Bay. It's been one of the biggest upstarts in all of mid-major college basketball. Green Bay has been the underdog all season long. Now they're a two-point favorite. How do you take a look at a situation like this with a Green Bay team that little was expected for them? Now they're in the role of favorite. Yeah, I I like this Green Bay team. You know, at first you thought maybe this was kind of a fluke, but they've gone out. They beat some good teams. Now they lost to they lost to uh, Fort Wayne, but it was earlier in the season. It was before Green Bay really became Green Bay. And listen, I, I like them at home again. There's a couple of teams that the market just doesn't want to like. Central Michigan. Green Bay because they weren't expected to be good. You know their, their metrics aren't great, and but they keep winning. And I, I think you're getting value on. Uh, it's hard, you know, Greg. And we're almost in March. The value isn't there like it was like we had back in uh, November and December when guys like me and you and everybody's hitting football. We're finding all those uh, those nice values over in the over in the Ivy League and the Patriot League. But there are a couple of teams that, that for whatever reason the market just hasn't come around on. And I think. Green Bay is one of them. Listen, I, I like him at home laying the short number on Friday night. With UW-Green Bay, it's been absolutely incredible as well because they bring in a guy by the name of Noah Reynolds who's been really able to transform this team. He does a little bit of everything. And this Purdue-Fort Wayne team, I've been noticing, just has not been the same team when they've been away from mm -hmm. home. But doesn't matter whether it's early or late on this show, Tom, you're always the same. You always lend great insights, and I always do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Greg. Always great to have Tom Casale aboard. He does great work over at NOLA.com, and we were able to get you guys a little bit of insight when it comes to Friday action, but we've got some Big West, we've got some WAC, we've got some Pac-12 that is going to be coming up later on this Thursday, so we got to get you guys some sweats for tonight next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
It was great to be able to give you guys a few games that we're going to be taking a look for the Friday card in college basketball, but we've got a lot of games that have yet to tip off for Thursday. And early on, we do have some results that are starting to trickle in, and we do have a few teams that are starting to get off to good starts slash bad starts. Right now for our DK Network write-up pick, I am on Arizona State. They are currently trailing by kind of 20-14, to 14, but they've been able to cut into that lead a little bit, so we shall see what happens there. If you're looking to be able to bet a few live lines as well, and you were maybe a little bit tepid about laying that number with Northwestern to start out with, hey, I'm going to get a little bit of value now. Michigan, they're up by kind of 20 to 14, about 8.30 remaining in the first half. Right now, Northwestern is 5.5 on that live line. And if you're looking at Arizona State, you're now able to get them at plus 7.5 on the live line, 22 to 14, about 10.18 remaining in the first half. And then one of the best cover teams in all of college basketball that nobody has been talking about, the Troy Trojans. They have covered north of two-thirds of their games thus far this season, but right now taking on the chin against against Arkansas State. Arkansas State live is a six-half-point favorite. This is 21-15, to 15, about 9-20 remaining in the first half in that one. So we're going to keep you guys abreast there. And then your top cover team in all of college basketball, Minnesota, right now still looking relatively solid, up by a count of 55-48. to 48. 10 plus minutes remaining in the second half. Right now, live line, they are laying seven and a half. So we are going to keep you guys abreast as to what is happening there. But we do have to take a look at what we're going to be getting a little bit later on during the night because we do have ourselves some relatively solid games. And a lot of those games are going to be happening out there in the old whack. As I do think that this is one of the more intriguing games of the night, 827, 828. This is going to be tipping off in about 30 minutes. You've got Seattle. They're playing us to Stone Cold Stephen F. Austin. The Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin opened up as a five-point underdog. Now they're between about a six-half to a seven-point underdog. Total last game is anywhere between 136-half and 137. We have seen this total crater, and the Stephen F. Austin team has been one of the most interesting in all of college basketball because with Stephen F. Austin, they are looking to generate turnovers. They do not do a good job of taking care of the ball themselves, and they are not quite the same three-point shooting team that they were a season ago. Last year, they were a top 35 team with regards to their three-point shooting percentage. This year, they're a middle to bottom half of all of college basketball three-point shooting teams, shooting about 33.5% from three, and they've been without Day-Day Hall recently, which has been affecting the offense a bit, but they have been honestly able to hold up relatively well in terms of their defense. Now, they are a team that they gamble for turnovers, and typically when you find a team like Steven F. Austin, that they do sell out for turnovers, if they don't get a turnover, they do leave themselves open to giving up a wide-open three-ball look, and you have a Seattle team that has a guy in Cam Tyson. He's able to knock down those looks. He's been able to give you 17 points per contest, shoots in the 930s from three-point range, but Steven F. Austin, overall, they are 34th in all of college basketball in terms of the points allowed on a per-possession basis. Going up against a Seattle team, though, that is even better. And Seattle, they've got a really nice home court advantage. They're giving up 11.8 points fewer per one of our possessions at home rather than in a roadside shoot court environment. But with that said, I did set my total out of 142. This was a game that the last time that these two teams played, it went to overtime. So that was going to be overwhelming, but the game was going to be going over whether it ended in regulation or if it went to overtime. And the Stephen F. Austin team has been a bit of a disappointment against the spread. 6-17 and 17 against the spread, which I do find to be fast because typically I think of a team like Stephen F. Austin and typically they do cause for just some just befuddlement with regards to opponents because it's really hard to prepare for that style but they've just been a little bit overvalued in general this season and I do feel like on the opening line that was happening but I do think that it goes back to what I was talking about a little bit before a lot of people have been burnt by this Stephen F. Austin team thus far this season 
I think now that you're getting up to six and a half to slash seven, that you're getting a little bit of a buy point here on Steven F. Austin in a game where I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to get right around that 70-point marker because the Steven F. Austin team, they do have games where there's a lot of dead possessions, but at the same time, they play games with a whole lot of possessions, and I do think that this is going to be close enough for late game felling. So, did sell my total more around a 142. This was an opener, by the way, on the total that was more around about 140, 140 and a half. So, we've seen a sizable drop there of about three to three and a half points. I'm going to be looking at the over, and I do like Stone Cold Steven F. Austin being able to get about six and a half to seven points here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network, and I do find this one to be another fascinating game as well. This is another game that's going to be one of those good old mid-majors out here on the West Coast. It is 823-824. CSUN, Cal State Northridge, they're going to be playing us to UC Davis. This is a flip of favorites game as UC Davis opened up as the one-point underdog. Now they're the one-half-point favorite, and your total is between 150 and 150 and a half, and last time these two teams played, this CSUN team, Cal State Northridge, they got completely punked. They had a rough go of it, to say the least. And for CSUN, this was one of those teams that got off to a really nice against the spread start. But I do feel like they're starting to get exposed a little bit now. Absolutely love what Andy Newman is doing with the CSUN team. They've been able to really step it up on defense. They're now a top one on team in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis after a season ago. It was not great for them defensively, to say the least. And CSUN, last season, they were one of your slower teams in all of college basketball. They've really picked up the tempo, now being a top 100 team with regards to total possessions per game, but this UC Davis team is going to have the best player in this game, and his name is Elijah Pepper, someone that I do think gets a little bit of short drift when it comes to the national media because he's been able to give you 21 plus points. He throws in their four boards, shoots it really well from three, and then everyone else around him, Sansai Johnson, who's really the Robin of the team, he's able to give you about 16 points. He throws in their three assists per contest. Everyone else is sort of just doing their job in terms of defense, not missing assignments, being able to hit free throws, things like that. As UC Davis is currently 59th in all of college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis, but if you look only at their games that they have played, in a roadside shoot court venue, this is a top 35 defense in all of college basketball going up against a CSUN team that they're sloppy with it. They turn the ball over 14 times for contests. They only shoot about 31.5% from three-point. So you do have a little bit of concern there. And in the Big West, because most of these teams, they play out there in the state of California. You've got one exception. That'd be a Y. Obviously, that's a trek of a road trip, to say the least. But other than Hawaii, all these teams are out there in state. So the travel aspect, even though I do recognize that California is a very, very big state, it's not there the way that it is for so many of these other teams. And that's why you're going to notice some very funky home and road splits when it comes to the Big West. Like right now, UC Irvine is giving up fewer points per possession when they're on the road rather than at home. And the same goes for UC Santa Barbara. I'll be breaking down that game in a few minutes when we hit the lab. But that said, this is a uh, Cal State a Cal State Northridge team and they've been a little bit all over the place with that regard as well. Their offense has been very much one that has been turned over to G&I Hunt who was one of those two-time transfers that he was out of the fold to begin the season. Now he's become their main facilitator giving out about four assists per contest and then you've got Deontay Bosick, Deshaun Allen Eikens. They combine for about 34, 35 points per game but you don't have a lot of three-point shooting against a UC Davis team that they do a pretty solid job being able to hit the glass despite the fact that Nico Rokach, he gives you five and a half rebounds 
per game. He's really the only guy in the roster that does give you north of five rebounds per game. I do like UC Davis in this spot. I felt like this was a very rightful flip of favorites, and I say UC Davis is a two and a half point favorite. So even here at the one and a half, I do find a little bit of value of UC Davis being as strong as they are on defense, and the way that CSUN, even though they play fast, they waste a lot of possessions. I think that that's going to keep this game under. Did semi total at a 148 and a half. And then how about if we take a look at a Pac-12 game as you've got some pretty big home and road splits with the road team in this one. 825-826. Oregon State, they're on the road. They're facing off against Cal. The Cal Golden Bears are currently a nine-point favorite, and your total on scheme is anywhere between 139 and a half and 140 and a half. And with Cal, it's been very much an up-and-down season in year number one under Mark Madsen. And for Oregon State, Talk about a team that just has not been the same when they've been on the road rather than when they have been at home. That'd be Oregon State. And Oregon State really are, have been the beneficiaries this year of playing in a very mundane and, shall we say, just strange environment when they are in Corvallis. Because with this Oregon State team, they're giving up about 96.3 points per one arm possessions at home. That increases by about 21.5 points when they're away from home. This shoots up to about 117.8 points. But you also have their offense being very much bogged down when they are on the road as well. You may recall that game that they played against Utah when they had that literal 10-minute drought where they did not score a single point. Now they go up against a Cal team that they just have not been able to guard us all season long. For this Cal team, they are well outside the top 175 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, and what has been the killer for them has been the three-point line. Cal outside the top 250 with regards to opponent's three-point shooting percentage. You've got Jalen Tyson, you've got Fardos Amick. These two guys give you about 17 and a half rebounds per game, and for Oregon State, it's going to be really tough for them to be a matchup on the glass. Tyler Bledoux has been able to do a solid job. He's able to give you a few boards, but Oregon State might have the best pure shooter in this game, and that would be Jordan Pope. He has been able to do a very nice job, Mr. Pope, being able to supply this team with 17 points, shoots in the high 30s from three-point range. Absolutely love what he's able to bring to the table. I think that that's going to be enough for Oregon State to be able to remain very lively in this game. It is a Cal team that is looking to be able to get a little bit more fan support because that was turning into a little bit of a rough environment in general. I do think that Mark Madsen is starting to establish a little bit of winning out there in Cal. It's going to take a few years. That was a very bad rebuild, and they just could not get anything going under Mark Fox along with White. King Jones. I mean, that was a calamity what we were seeing the last few seasons. So Cal certainly has a lot of work to do, but they're starting to improve. But I did set my total 136 half. Oregon State's numbers have also been very warped by the fact that they have played three plus overtime games. That makes it look like they're playing a little bit faster with a few more possessions of what they truly are. So going to be looking at Oregon State here, and we're going to be taking a look at this total under. And coming next, we go to the lab and try to drum up some chemistry with this college basketball Thursday here on the Greg Peterson Experience of Visa, the Sports Bank Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can place a deposit of $5 and get a no-sweat bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet does not hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Utilize that promo code of VSIM when you do, because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. We're going to be turning it forward to Friday in college basketball, a little bit more in hour number two, but we've got a lot of games that are going to be tipping off at 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, and we want to get you guys some sweats, so we've got to rush quickly into the lab, try to get some things drummed up with regards to our chemistry, and try to find you guys some winners. So let's hit the lab and see what we've got on this late slate of college basketball for this Thursday. Are you looking for the best lines on the market? I don't want to get paid to lose. What a win! Then sit back and let Greg cook up the best insight in college basketball. Uh, What a fine day for science. I think that they need to change that tonight because we've got ourselves some very late action, but... That said, we've got 829, 830 on the card. It is UC Irvine. They are going to be playing us to UC Santa Barbara. This is a total that has been a little bit all over the place. The opener was 144.5. Right now, we're seeing this shoot back up to about a 143.5. This got down to more like a 142.5 in a lot of spots. I know that there was a lot of 143s out there as well. So this has been one that has been moving all over the place. And then this has been a line that has been going in favor of UC Irvine. They opened up as a 10-point favorite. Now we're finding them pretty much cross board as an 11-point favorite, and I do think that you've got a little bit of value on UC Santa Barbara. It goes back to something that I was talking about in the last segment. With UC Santa Barbara, this team has been a whole heck of a lot better with their defense when they've been away from home rather than when they've been at home, and UC Santa Barbara is one of the few teams in the conference that's able to match up with the physicality and the overall rebounding of UC Irvine. Irvine has been a top 25 team in all of college basketball with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. The one thing I will say about this Irvine team though is that strangely they give up 3.6 points more per one hour possessions when they're away from home rather than when they are at home meanwhile with this UC Santa Barbara team they're a top 20 team in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis when they're at home and I'm not even kidding when I say this they're giving up 10.7 points fewer per 100 possessions when they're away from home rather than when they are at home 
I cannot explain why. I mean, my best explanation is the fact that they do play a lot of their games out there in the great state of California, so the travel it doesn't take it out of them the way that it does for so many of these other teams. But you see Santa Barbara has just been so much better when they've been away from home rather than at home with regards to their defense. And they've got the top scorer in this game. That would be A.J. Mitchell. Mitchell's able to bomb it at nearly 38% from three-point range. He's able to give you about 18-plus points per contest. And then down low, you've got Yoan Traore. He comes in from Auburn, a former top 75 recruit. He and Ariel Bland have been able to be. Those guys have been able to help you out down low, give you about 12 rebounds per game. Now for UC Irvine, I do think that they're going to be able to get the job done outright because they do turn the ball over a little bit less than UC Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara does not have quite the same point guard that this Irvine team does, and the reason why UC Irvine has really been able to elevate with their offense last two seasons is the coming of age of Pierre Cockrell. They bring in Pierre Cockrell, who began his career over at Pacific along with Georgia Tech. He's giving out north of six assists per contest, doesn't turn the ball over very often, I do like his overall game. And then we got someone like a Justin Hone who's able to shoot it well from three-point range. He's able to shoot about 38% from distance. Irvine, they just take really good shots in general. But I do think that this is a prime spot for UC Santa Barbara to be able to hold in there. And I do think that this total is set a little bit too high. I do think that you want to be taking a look at the Santa Barbara team and noticing that this team has been a whole heck of a lot better with their defense when they've been away from home. And Santa Barbara is traditionally one of those better teams with regards to their defense. Typically, this is a... Uh, Big West just stalwart in general and I do think that they're going to be able to make a little bit of a statement here. I've set my line more around a 9 so here at the 11 taking the points with the Gauchos and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under as well and then I do think that this game is of intrigue as well 8.35, 8.36. This is going to be the late game. You still have about an hour before this one tips off a little bit more than that. It is Oregon on the road facing off against Stanford and Stanford is a 1 point favorite. This opened up as a pick'em line and your total on this game is between 150 and 150 and a half and I personally do think that the wrong team is favored. I'm going to be taking a look at Oregon outright on the money line. Now, you do want to be noting that with the Stanford team, they have been so much better at home rather than on the road with regards to their three-point shooting, but they've been dealing with an injury to their main facilitator in Jared Bynum. Bynum has been absolutely tremendous in terms of giving out right around five and a half assists per contest, and they've been trying to test him out the last few games, but every time he's out there on the floor, he only goes for like five minutes. He hasn't been able to give you a whole like lot, so they've been sort of bailing on that experiment, but for Stanford, it has been very interesting to take a look at this team shooting 43.5% from three-point range at home, 33.7% in a roadside shoot court venue, but I do think that this Oregon team is going to be able to give you a little bit more on defense than what they have been able to throughout much of the season, and the big reason why is that now they finally have their full allotment of guys out there in the fold. Maybe deal with injuries to Enfali Dante along with Nate Biddle all season long. Dante has become your top rebounder with about 8.5 rebounds per game, and they had out early Early on during the season, their freshman guard in Jackson Shell said. Shell said has really become one of their main go-to guys as well. Someone that's able to supply you with about 12 points, throws in their three assists, has shot it well from three-point range. I like what he's able to bring to the table. And then Jermaine Cuisinart has been able to do a nice job of being able to help him out a little bit with regards to facilitation. He also shoots about 36% from three-point range. And while the Sanford team does a very good job in terms of being able to get their offense going at home, this is still a team that's been leaking oil with regards to their defense when they've been at home as well. The Sanford team is well outside the top 125 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. Now, granted, feels like just everything works a little bit better for Sanford when they're at home, but they're only giving up a point less per one hour possessions at home rather than when they are in a roadside shoot court venue. So I do think that Oregon, they are going to be able to get some points up in this spot, and I, that's a big reason why I did set my total at 152. You've got 
about an Oregon team that has been playing a little bit faster this year. They've been able to do a much better job of being able to shoot from three-point range than they have in past seasons and being able to get these guys back in the fold, being able to have these younger guys, like Michelle said, being able to step up the way that they have. I do like Oregon in the spot. I'm going to be taking a look at them on the money line. And with regards to the total, with it being right around about a 150 and a half here to 152, it is a circumstance where I do like this total over as well, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. And if you're looking live at quite a few of these games, we look like we have ourselves a situation where Minnesota is going to be able to do it again. A team that is 22 and 3 against the spread. Currently, they are taking it to Ohio State, 74-59. You've got about four minutes remaining if you want to bet this game live. Minnesota's laying 15 and a half points, and just absolutely incredible what we've seen this year from Minnesota. And you just have one of these cases every single year because the one thing that I will say about against the spread record, personally, it's not something that I really like utilize with regards to my handicapping, but one thing that I can tell from an against the spread record is, all right, is a team just throughout time improving a little bit, and sometimes there's like extenuating circumstances because when it comes to against a spread record, it's based on the closing line. It's not based on the opening line. You'll have some scenarios like we saw with the Minnesota versus Missouri game earlier in the season. You're able to get like Missouri at minus one and a half a little bit earlier. It closes Minnesota being a two and a half point underdog. It lands two. So if you took Missouri early, you were able to get there. If you took Minnesota late, you were able to get there. So I always think that those nuances are something that you do want to be taking a look at. But it tells me that just throughout the season, this Minnesota team just little by little has been able to get a bit better. And typically with this Minnesota team, it's not like they've had super demonstrative results. And by super demonstrative results, I mean winning by like 20 points, just absolutely pummeling teams, putting on an absolute expose. And that has been really the hallmark for these teams that have been able to do a solid job against the spread. Minnesota looks like they're going to be able to get there once again. And right now they are in full control of that one. And I have to alert you that we might be having a little bit of an upset brewing here. Grand Canyon is on the road against Tarleton State. They close as about a five and a half or so point favorite. And this is a Grand Canyon team I really like in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. This team has been in the top 20 in all of college basketball. You've got a team that does a really good job on the glass, but Tarleton State is a tough customer. One of the best teams in the country in terms of turnovers for on a per possession basis and right now Grand Canyon down by one with about three minutes remaining 66 to 65 you've got no live spread on this one all you've got is a money line of Tarleton State laying minus 120 if you want to take it minus 110 with Grand Canyon but I think that these are games of mental fortitude if Grand Canyon is able to get by this game I think that's going to bode very well for them moving forward and if you are taking a look forward to March you do want these teams to get tested a little bit especially these teams that they're in shall we say lesser conferences and you can slice it one or two ways. You can take my approach with that. You do want a team to have a test. You want a team to be in this spot knowing, all right, what do we need to do? We are down two points with a minute remaining because at some point, a team like Grand Canyon, when they hit the NCAA tournament, if they have aspirations of making any sort of a run whatsoever, they're probably going to be finding themselves in this sort of a spot. Do they crumble or do they rise to the occasion? That's something that you do want to see. And right now we shall see what happens with Grand Canyon. That has actually ticked up to 69 to 68, a little bit over two minutes remaining there. So we've got ourselves a lot of fun and frivolity there. Has not been so much fun for Arizona State right now. Looking like 
like that DK Network write-up probably not going to be coming through as Washington. They are now up by kind of 44 to 24 with 1.2 seconds remaining in the first half. So that's not too tremendous. We'll look to do a little bit better with regards to the Friday write-up. We're going to be getting that for you guys next. And we are going to be turning it forward to a lot of what we're going to be seeing on the Friday card for college basketball, coupled with a little bit of UFC action. And our number two of the Greg Peterson experience next right here on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.